0: What's up, Active Lifers? Welcome back to the Active Life Podcast. I'm Dr. Sean Pastude. I'm your host. And today, I'm going to speak with you about the reasons why fitness and nutrition oftentimes do not work for the people who seem like they would get the most benefit from improving their fitness and their nutrition. It seems so counterintuitive that people would eat something that they know is not in their best interests when they know what is in their better interests and want to make a change, that selecting a different food item would obviously start to create for them. It seems counterintuitive that they would choose the ice cream instead of the broccoli or the steak or the chicken, and yet it happens. And from our industry's perspective, we look at this from a lens of they must not know. They must not know. Let's teach them about macros. Let's teach them about nutrition quality and food quality. And I do believe that there is a very good and strong place for that. In fact, yesterday, a high school friend of mine reached out and asked me for help To get back into shape, he wants to lose about 40 pounds and just feel generally more healthy. And instead of taking him on as a client at Active Life, I referred him to my friend Joel Cavanero's company, Level 10 Coaching, because I believe that he is the perfect candidate to get some nutrition coaching and to get some accountability and to get some general fitness, which is what they do extremely well and what we don't. The point I think that's important to be heard is he was ready for it. Most people are not. And we spend a lot of time in the fitness industry talking about how when it's their priority, they will come and do it. There's some truth to that. And I want to urge all of you today who consider yourselves health and fitness professionals To consider how what you do, what you say, what you inform on, what you educate in could help people decide to make it a priority. Because really that's what it's all about in the end. The coaching starts well before somebody ever walks into the business. When we talk about sales at Active Life, we talk about four things needing to be true. People need to believe four things to be true before they buy anything, including an idea. They need to believe that the business that they're hearing it from is going to stand behind them. They need to believe that the person who they're hearing it from has their best interests at heart. They need to believe that the process that this person is sharing from this business is going to work for them. And they need to believe that they can do it. All four of those things must have some truth to them if people are going to take any action. And too often, I believe that we neglect the importance of earning trust on the way. We expect that people are just going to see things the way that we see things and see us as the experts and jump in and ask us for help. That's not the case. I think that society proves this every day. There is a huge swath of people who reside in the fitness industry. Hundreds of thousands of people. There, are, there is a gym or a physical therapy clinic for every 2,500 people in the U.S. We do not have a shortage of places for people to go to get out of pain and to start getting fit. Add to that all of the online companies who are out there providing valuable service. We are not in a place where the problem is lack of access. We're not even in a place where the problem is too expensive. I know that might seem like something that's not true, but let me share with you that the reason why health insurance companies do not pay for people to go to the gym beyond $200 every quarter or every six months is because the gym has not proven to be more valuable than people simply going out for a walk or a run. And health insurance companies would frankly prefer you go out for a walk or a run because there's less risk of injury. And you're likely to get the same results as if you go to the gym. As a general rule, I'm not saying that's true. I'm saying... That's what research shows. I believe part of the reason that the research shows that is because of who chooses to go to the gym and who chooses to go for the walk. They have something in common. They're motivated people. And health insurance is not looking for people at their peak health. They're looking for people who are not at their risk of health, meaning health insurance companies want to make sure they're not going to spend a ton of money on you this year. So being average is ideal for them. It's not ideal for you. It's not ideal for me. It's ideal for them because it doesn't cost very much to be average. So to suggest that walking has the same results as the gym, I understand where there's a disconnect there. All I'm speaking to is as it pertains to all cause mortality, as it pertains to musculoskeletal injury. But let's get back to the point of people – aren't working out and people aren't eating right and we need to ask ourselves why if we ask ourselves why often enough we find that we don't have the answers at least this is what happened for me i didn't have the answers why wouldn't you just work out a little bit why wouldn't you just eat differently you don't have to work out an hour a day you could just go for a 20 minute walk to start and that'll become something bigger right you don't have to eat a perfect diet you don't have to be paleo or zone or keto or or anything Eat the broccoli instead of the cookie. It seems like an easy thing to do. And I got to the end of my ability. I didn't understand why people wouldn't make these changes. So I started asking people who were experiencing it. I started asking people who identified as large bodied. I started asking people who were diabetic type 2. I started asking people who had pain for a long time, and that I've been doing for a long time. And what I learned was fairly astounding. The first thing I want you to be aware of is the best metaphor that somebody gave me was it was as if they were strapped to a bed of nails. The nails were their mental health, their finances, their relationship with their significant other at home. All of those things were so out of whack, so stressful, that the thought of what they would do if those things were remedied didn't even have an opportunity to sneak into their head. I didn't hear this from one person. I didn't hear this from two persons. I heard this from dozens of people. There were so many things in their lives that were out of alignment with where they would like them to be, that they hadn't achieved enough stability, happiness, self-worth to consider fitness and nutrition. The bed of nails that they were strapped to was their mental health, their relationship, their finances, typically one or two of the three. They weren't ready to jump into fitness. They weren't ready to think about what would I do if I got off of this bed of nails? All they could think about is how do I get off of this bed of nails? And so when I ask them things like, well, what, what do you think when you see an ad that says or a post that says start your weight loss journey here? They would tell me, you, you don't understand me. That's what that tells me. Because that's not, I would never start my weight loss journey with you it's where it would end. It's where it would end. I would start it by getting my other things together, so I had time and space in my brain to think about it. We we brought this information to our ProPath gyms and our ALPs at Active Life. We shared with them that we could do more collectively. We could do more. We could we could help people on a deeper level. And we needed to start by not talking about fitness, not bringing them into the gym, not posting about uh, the great workout that we just did because all that that does is attract people who are already healthy, who are looking for a way to be more fit. And by the way, for those of you who enjoy doing that, have at it. We need more of that. Uh, We work with a Gold's Gym in upstate New York and most of what they do is that. Their personal training department is what I was just talking about. So they have that dichotomy within their own roof. We've worked with some great CrossFit gyms who to this day still have their group class. Uh, As much as I would like that to be different, we respect that it's what they are enjoying doing and and we'll support them. We Mm -hmm. won't take on more gyms like that for clarity, but we will support the ones we already have to do the best job that they possibly can. And I believe that it is necessary that CrossFit gyms exist, that Gold's gyms exist, that Orange Theories exist, that all of them exist. And maybe not by entity or by brand name, because that's less important. But I do believe that access to fitness communities, access to healthy activities, access to fun workouts, I think we need that. And I think it's good that that exists it's important to identify where the value of it ends. Yes. Yes. It is true. If somebody suffering from morbid obesity, who has diabetes, who has high blood pressure, who's dealing with knee pain, would come three times a week if the coach in those group facilities was highly educated, very empathetic, and a great communicator, Those models could help those people. They could. The question, however, I believe is not, could they? It's, are they likely to? When you're sitting on the couch at home, deciding if you want to try this, you're not asking yourself, could it work? You're asking yourself, will it? And I believe that today the answer still is, probably not. Most of the time. So how do we make it so that that probably not becomes probably becomes definitely there's a gentleman in our pro path, Nick, you know, I'm about to talk about you. His name is Nick Mula. He works at courage fitness in Durham, North Carolina. Nick came in to some of our meetings talking about this woman who works in the building where his gym is located. Uh, Who is severely overweight. Struggles to get out of her car. And he knows nothing about. But would love to help. And he asked himself. Why isn't this person coming into our gym. That is right next door to the business where she works. Why isn't she coming in? And we talked about it for weeks. Our... Our entire group of gym owners supported Nick. The owner of Nick's gym, Dave, supports Nick. Nick has great staff at Courage Fitness Durham. So it was it's a supportive environment by all stretches of the imagination. So why didn't this person come in? Why wouldn't this person find it to be a place where they could get the value they're looking for? The advice to Nick was to just start talking to her. Go out to where her reception desk is and introduce yourself. Just start talking to her. No sale, no offer, no ask about her health and fitness. Just start talking to her. Make a friend. She might or might not be ready to step inside of that space. She might or might not be looking for that kind of change in her life right now. She might or might not care. That's the reality. She might or might not ever want to talk about weight loss. Just go make a friend. Before you do it, what's important is that, you know, you have to want to make a friend. Because the likelihood is actually higher that this person does not come in in the next 3, 6, 12 months than that she does. And so you have to be in this because you genuinely want to get to know this person, not because your ambition is to sign this person up. That's a, that's a lot to think about. Do you really want to go talk to this person who you don't know for no reason of value to yourself except to make a friend? Because that's what it takes. Nick did this. And he talked to this person. And if you go back and listen, I should look it up right now. Let's see if I can find it. One of our podcasts, um, was from the gym owners in our pro path back in January from the event when they spoke and Nick talks about this woman, excuse me, not January, July. Nick talked about this woman. I'm going to find the episode for you right now. Give me a second. July 11th. That's the date of the episode. It's titled, If You Had to Give Yourself Advice, ProPath Event Speakers, Episode 154. Go back and listen to it. You'll hear Nick talk about this client. You'll hear Nick tell this story. Back on July 11th, it had already been going on for about a month by the time that he spoke about it on July 11th, maybe even longer, which means this started at the latest in early June. Here we are now. I'm recording this podcast in middle of September. After months of conversations with this woman, she decided that Nick was somebody who she liked talking to. She decided that Nick was somebody who she trusted and she asked him about how he might be able to help her. And now she's a personal training client of Nick's twice a week. They didn't start off with dumbbells or kettlebells or squats. They started off with, let's see how long you can stand while we talk. Giving someone the safety of knowing that you are going to do the necessary work to meet them where they are is critical. I've been talking to some some larger companies lately about some corporate wellness work that we're going to do. And the initial impression is well, we have corporate wellness. We have a gym in the building. We have a fitness app online and we have coaches for our staff and you know they can work out whenever they want. I said, right, that's, that's corporate fitness. That's not corporate wellness. What do you mean? Well, that's, that's a service that people who are already interested in being healthy and fit, who are already beyond the other issues, off the bed of nails, if you will, are going to take advantage of. But I bet, and when I asked them this, by the way, the answer is borderline unanimous. The one exception was a solar company. I bet that there are people in your company who you know are suffering from diabetes, high blood pressure, joint pain, excessive weight gain, who are not taking part in your wellness programs. You're not allowed to go talk to them and ask them why not, because that's in breach of privacy. You're not allowed to know these things about them. You're not allowed to know that they're dealing with sickness because then if they get fired, demoted, transferred, it could be considered discriminatory. They're not going to come and tell you because they're afraid if they do, they're going to be thought of as less than. They're going to get fired. They're going to get transferred because it's going to be discriminatory, even if it's not the reality. And so we have this secret that's out in the open that everybody knows about. That person is unhealthy. They know it, you know it, and no one can do anything about it. Every time I've said that to somebody in a major company, with the one exception being the solar company, they agreed. Now I'm going to share a statistic with you, the listener. I was meeting with a gentleman the other day who sells health insurance into major companies. He advised me that 3%, 3% of employee populations represent 85% of medical spend annually. Let's go back there for a second. 3% of employees represent 85% of the healthcare spend for a company. I'm not going to get too into the weeds on what healthcare spend is. I'll give you a very simple example and then we can extrapolate it out for a line of of examples. Big companies who have good cash flow insure themselves. They understand that health insurance companies make a ton of money because they collect more than they pay. It's it's simple math right you pay $1000 a month you don't cost them $1000 a month they make money maybe in 8 or 10 years you cost them more than they spent but they've been investing your money all this time so they can afford it and they're still profitable on it simple math so if you're a big enough company with enough cash flow you're not going to pay health insurance you're going to pay for all of the healthcare services yourself as if you were the health insurance company what they do is they buy policies from these big companies that say for example Each employee with the following health characteristics has a spending cap of $125,000 a year. What that means is John in accounting, who is average, like we talked about earlier, you will never spend more than $125,000 on John's healthcare this year. If it goes to $125,001, Blue Cross Blue Shield will pay the $1. Remember, most people don't go to the doctor at all in a year. Even if they're not healthy, they don't go to the doctor at all. Maybe for a physical. So the the company saves a ton of money. But now now here's the kicker. All of these other employees, the ones who do have diabetes, the ones who do have autoimmune disease, the ones who do have metabolic conditions, the ones who do have hypertension. All of these people, and you can, you know the list, you can keep going. Your out-of-pocket spend for them maximum is $375,000. And those people, because of the medications that they're on, because of the services that they need when they do go to the doctor, because for them it's not a choice, they spend a lot of it. Now, they don't usually get to the three seventy-five. That's That's catastrophic, but... They might spend 100? 100, 150. Now, you're an employer, you have an employee who's getting paid 70,000 dollars a year, even 100,000 dollars a year, and you have to pay equal of their salary in their health care spend on an annual basis. You don't feel so good about that. And you have a corporate wellness program. You have a gym inside of your business. You, you have gyms all over your town who are offering to service your staff. Why isn't this person going? Why isn't this person buying the nutrition coaching that you're happy to pay for for them? Why isn't that person taking advantage of all of these resources that you have that they don't even have to pay for? It's not a financial barrier. Why aren't they doing it? I don't know is typically what they say. Well, the answer is they're not there yet. They are strapped to a bed of nails that is made out of relationship issues mental health issues, financial issues. And they're not going to start thinking about health and fitness and how their steak is cooked and where the meat is sourced and whether that's organic or whether that cow was walking in a field or standing in a feedlot until those other problems are solved. And they're coming downstairs and choosing ice cream instead of broccoli or whatever else you want them to eat in the kitchen. Not because they don't know it's less healthy. But because of the emotional value that they get out of eating it. Because it's it's an indulgence that they're doing for themselves. When at other times they, they have no opportunity for that. I'm no fool. I know that that issue is far more complex than I understand. And far more complex than I can even explain. I'm giving you the tip of the iceberg, if you will. I wanted to share this podcast with you today because I thought it was important that you understood and started to consider the reasons why we're actually not getting people where we want to. The reasons why most of the people who are walking into our gyms are people who maybe have 30, 40, even 50 pounds to lose, but certainly are not the people who are walking with a walker with a knee brace, with an extra 150 pounds. I wanted you to understand why companies like Optiva and Nutrisystem are getting the clients who you are prepared to help instead of you. I wanted you to understand why we have over 70% of adults in America taking a medication. It's because we focus on asking them to do the things that they are not prepared to do until the other parts of their life are handled. Now, finally, you might be asking me as a fitness professional, it's not my job to teach them how to do finances. It's not my job to teach them mental health. It's not my job to work in their relationships. So how am I supposed to do these things? What am I supposed to do differently? And that's a reasonable question. Make friends. Start hanging out in different circles. There are people in these groups who have already gone through a lot of whatever the issues that they're dealing with are that are prohibiting them from putting themselves first. They, they've gone through those issues and they've transitioned to the other side. Now they're looking for help. They look exactly like the other people in their group. They, they, they shop with the people in their group shop. They eat where they eat. They watch the kind of movies that they watch. All that kind of stuff is the same. But they are more ready than their colleagues and their friends. If you're there, if you're making friends with them, if you're an ally, if you're trustworthy, you won't have to ask them. They will ask you, And when you start helping them, it's like the four-minute mile. Other people who see what is possible through working with you from someone just like them are going to say, I want to do that too. Because remember in the beginning, we talked about the four things that they needed to believe to be true in order to take the action. The business, you, your process, and their ability to do it. All four of those things are solved for when you help somebody just like them, who they already know, like, and trust, who starts to know, like, and trust you and gets results working with you without you even ever having to ask them to work with you. And by the way, charge them full price. They're not a victim. They don't want to be thought of as a victim. They're just like everybody else. Charge them what you would charge somebody else. You're not going to get to everybody. We're not going to get to everybody, and that sucks. Partner with mental health professionals. Partner with financial professionals. Not to make referrals, but to have availability. Not to build their business, but to ask them to come and do the same things that you're doing. Come make friends. If we truly, as a community of fitness professionals and healthcare professionals, want to bridge the gap between fitness and healthcare, what is imperative is that we understand what drives people to both and what drives people away from both. And once we understand that, we can stop pointing fingers. We can stop saying that doctors just need to get more educated on how they can better understand what fitness professionals can do. They do understand They do. They don't want to look for the needle in the haystack who can do it. They want it to be the haystack before they're comfortable making the referral. Fitness professionals don't need to learn more about what a doctor does. They don't need to to feel more limited by, by the scope of a doctor in themselves, they need to feel like they can expand their scope because they can. And at the end of the day, all of this becomes wildly obvious when we start talking to the people who need us the most, more frequently, every time that somebody sends me a DM on Instagram and says, what you're doing at active life is irresponsible. You're asking coaches to do what Physical therapists are supposed to do. I greet the message and I asked them, What is that exactly? And they don't typically know. But when we get into it, cordially, I asked them, well, What about the person who got discharged from physical therapy? Whose health insurance told them that physical therapy is no longer covered? What is that person supposed to do? They can't go to physical therapy anymore. Their insurance won't pay for it. The physical therapist discharged them. They've reached maximum therapeutic benefit. What is that person supposed to do exactly? Who are they supposed to go to? A better physical therapist. Well, where are they supposed to find them? Why aren't all of them better physical therapists? And is it not reasonable that at this point they would be able to see a coach who has elevated their level of education, expertise, experience, empathy, communication who can meet them where they are and help them they've been released from physical therapy their insurance says they no longer need it is it it not reasonable for them to now see a coach they've been released from cardiac rehab their insurance says they no longer need it. it is it not reasonable for them to now see a coach They've been released from the hospital. Their doctor told them, if you don't start being more active, you're going to die. But they're still sick. They still have knee pain. Their back still hurts when they get up in the morning. Is it not reasonable for a coach to do that? Of course it is. What I'm asking the coaches listening to this to understand is that the people who need you the most, and there are many of them, they're only going to find you when you make it easy. Because the number one category, the the people who need you the most, of the four that they need to trust in order to enroll, the number one category that they are going to have the least confidence in is themselves. The only way for you to overcome that with them is for them to have such an abundance of con- of confidence in you that they're forced to believe in themselves. I hope this was helpful for you. It's an important topic to me. It's one I'm going to talk about a lot more. And if you liked this, if it was valuable, please share this podcast. Please share it with somebody who could benefit from hearing it. Of course, I forgot to say this in the intro because I was so excited to get into this content. Um, If you love this podcast, go leave us a review. Send me a screenshot of it. I'm going to do a 15-minute coaching call every week with my favorite review. If your review doesn't get chosen this week, it doesn't mean I won't choose it next week. So please go ahead, leave a review. Send me a screenshot at Dr. Sean Pastuch on Instagram. I look forward to seeing it. I look forward to talking to you. That's all I got for today. Turn pro. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Active Life Podcast. Remember, if you feel inspired by our vision to humanize the healthcare industry, professionalize the fitness industry, and empower individuals to live their lives, to reclaim their physical freedom, to develop careers, helping people reclaim their physical freedom. All you need to do is head to active lifeprofessional.com, find the appropriate link that represents you, and get in contact. We'll see you there. Tom Bro.